Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. This is Wes. You let me in here too. <laughs> Happy Monday. I have Wes in the closet with me today, helping me with the intro because Christy is traveling like I was last week. So, Well, I think I need to clear some things up. I mean, I don't get to do these very often and Beth sent me a sample of what these start off like. I mean, I've listened to plenty of them, but- Oh, you that's know, just- such a lie. <laughs> He asked me to send him an example because he doesn't listen to the podcast. I just wanted to hear a format so I knew <laughs> like where we're going. Of course, the sample she sends me is Christy talking about Christmas advent calendars, which she sent me as a suggestion. <laughs> Christy, I just want to put it out there. You sent me something. It's just a picture. And I was like, oh, that's a nice Christmas present. A little excessive, but a nice Christmas present. You got to put more description in there. I'm a simple-minded man. You got to say, hey, this is a good suggestion for Beth. A blank picture just says to me, oh, that's what she's thinking for getting Beth for Christmas. So <laughs> that's where my mind went. Sorry for the confusion. I'm a big idiot. But uh, the funniest part is that we joke. We very rarely talk about you guys and tell stories on you. Honestly, that's really true. And we more talk about stupid things that we do. And all of all the episodes that I decided to send you, it's the one where we're like ragging oh, on you. For- I think I'm going to start listening to these intros. Yeah. I want to see how many of these are out there on me because I do a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> Yeah, The secret's out, Christy. We can't talk about them anymore. I just want to know if they've done one about me and car keys yet. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, no. Yeah. Wes is notorious for losing his keys when they're in the ignition. (laughs) It happens. It's happened like three times in the last five days. (laughs) And he rages. He's like, I can't believe I lost my keys again. I'm so stupid. They're in the ignition. Um, Or in his pocket. Or in the seat. Well, in in fairness, when I lose them, usually it's at night. We're out hunting. And there's like 60 pockets to choose from. Like, it's not like they were just one pocket. There's backpacks. There's bibs. There's coats. Like, it's not my fault. (laughs) You need a purse. You need a purse. (laughs) I have one. It's a backpack. (laughs) It's not working for you. (laughs) No. One of my buddies actually took my keys from me this past weekend and put them in the gas cap and said... Now I know where they are, so you yeah. don't have to look for them at the end of the night. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Christy is in Miami. Did you know that? A1A. Yeah. yeah. They went to Miami. They have friends in Miami, and so they went down there to visit them for a quick so they went to that Vanilla Ice song. You said Miami and A1A. Beachfront Avenue. Sorry. Yeah, I failed happens. you. <laughs> Drop the ball now. Never happened again. Oh, we were vibing there. You missed it all together. <laughs> right. So um, we do have a crime episode for you, and Christy will be on that crime episode, but she is just partying it up in yeah, Miami. That happens. Well, thanks for letting me uh, have a little fun with this, and thanks for tolerating listening to this and hanging in there <laughs> waiting for Christy to get back from vacation. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be back today. It's going to be all good. But we thought it would be fun. They Emery was on the episode last week in the intro because I was traveling. Uh, and so they're true. getting back-to-back husbands, like a little a real glimpse in the closet. I'm sorry. <laughs> he doesn't like to hang out in the closet. He's very mic shy, <laughs> which is sweet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, thanks for hanging out with me. This was fun. Yep. Thanks for letting me participate. <laughs> anytime. You're welcome anytime. I'm just uh, going to be very careful about what yeah. cases I sent, like what episodes I send you from now on. So I don't out yeah. myself. <laughs> Next time I'll be listening to all the intros so I know what to you be You might learn for. something. 
Yeah, I learned some stuff. Definitely, think I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, I love you. We both love you. <laughs> All right, stay tuned for a crime. Happy Monday. We appreciate you. Here it comes. Have a great week. Okay, this is a listener suggestion from Casey G. Okay, hey Casey. Hey, Casey. Casey with the K. Yes. <laughs> this case is horrific. Mm, it hits great. very hard. However, it is not a murder. Oh, okay. Which is off the beaten path for us here. Definitely full of crimes. Uh, it was a very interesting case to research, and you are not going to like it one Ach, single bit. Crap. We have done a couple of cases similar to this one before. If you think back to our episode on Georgia Tan mm. and our episode about the Butterbox Babies. No, I don't want to think about those. Yep. We are going to be talking about a very corrupt doctor and his crimes against expectant mothers, adoptive parents, and children of adoption. Uh. Which, if you don't know, Christy is an adoptive parent. I am. So these cases hit her very hard. Like I said, you're not going to like it. I actually think it's a blessing that I ended up getting this case because I'm not sure you would have made it through the documentary that I watched. Oh, really? So I'm mm -hmm. not going to want to watch it. Normally, I want to watch things that you like discuss, but I'm not going to watch it. You might. You it's, might. Okay. But it was hard for me even to watch. Okay. okay. Like these people's stories mm -hmm. in their own words. Okay. Okay. So for today, we are going to be going down to Georgia. Oh, in a very small town just on the border of Tennessee called McKaysville. Huh. Never Literally, like there is a line in McKaysville that is one side Georgia, one side Tennessee. Oh, okay. This is the case of the Hicks babies. Have you ever heard? I don't think so. I mean, Hicks also, sounds familiar, but it's also like, oh, we've done, what are, what's her name? Hickman. And, you know, so it's like, am I just thinking right. of other stuff about yeah, Hicks babies. It's also sometimes called the McKaysville babies. Mm. They refer to themselves as the Hicks babies. So that's what I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Okay. Dr. Thomas Jagarthy Hicks was born in October of 1888 in small town, Tennessee. He was a very smart young man. He graduated college. He went on to get his medical degree from Emory University Medical mm. School, which is in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. In 1917, at the age of 29, he married a woman by the name of Chass, which I thought was very pretty. That C -H -A -S -S. is? C-H-A-S-S. -S. Oh, yeah. That is pretty. I'm assuming it's pronounced Chass. Right. Maybe well, it's Chass. I wouldn't know. Uh, the two of them went on to have three children. They had Thomas Jr., Walter, and a daughter, Margaret. Walter. I like that name, too. Walter. Oh, Wally. We have a Walt, a Walt on our baseball team. I, oh, like, Walt. Baseball that's team. cute. Mm -hmm. It's very cute. Gosh, it reminds me of that um, movie Sleepless in Seattle, I think is the name, where she, Meg Ryan, is engaged to a guy named Walter. And her mm -hmm. mother-in-law is like, do you ever call him Walt or Wally? It's so formal. <laughs> Walter. It is very formal, but I still like the whole name. <laughs> it's a great name. Yeah. All right. Dr. Hicks opened up a practice in his small town in Tennessee in the 1920s, and it was very successful. However, at some point in the early 1940s, Dr. Hicks got in trouble for selling illegal drugs out of his clinic. Oh, well, you're not supposed to do that, Doc. 
Uh, you're not supposed to do that. So he lost his medical license in the state of Tennessee. Mm. So Dr. Hicks just hop, skip, and a jump across the border to Georgia and opened up a new clinic called Hicks Community Clinic. Dr. Hicks Clinic provided general health care to the poor copper mining families in the Appalachian area of McKaysville, Georgia. Okay. And they do have Appalachian accents. What is that? I don't even know what that means. Well, it's like a mountain hillbilly oh. kind of accent, oh, which is okay. real cute. And okay. I'm always here for that. I love an accent. So at some point in the 1940s, after a few years of being in practice, Dr. Hicks began advertising abortions in his clinic. Okay. At that time in Georgia, as you know, abortions were very illegal. So people would come for miles and miles and even across different states to visit the Hicks Clinic and have an abortion performed. Sounds actually really kind of familiar. Uh-huh. Dr. Hicks was known to advertise his abortion services in phone booths, bridge overpasses, and in bus stations. Hmm. The illegal abortions were $100 a piece, and they were all done off record with no traceable documentation or paperwork. That's a lot of money for that time, no? Yeah, $100? $100 is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I didn't look up that one, but I do mm -hmm. later a different amount. Um, I just wanted to point out as well that he would advertise these abortions, right. mm -hmm. which means that people in the community had to have been aware that this was going on. And how is that possible? Right. Sir? That's what I was thinking. I made a face when you first started saying it. I was like, wait a minute, but wouldn't he get caught then? Like, mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. So it was also rumored that he would help expectant mothers, and this is a rumor, he would not advertise mm -hmm. this, that he would help expectant mothers with quiet adoptions should they decide to choose that as an option instead okay. of abortion. Dr. Hicks's practice was open for over 20 years and made him a prominent member of the McKaysville community, and he owned many properties and businesses. It was actually said that he owned most of Main Street. Mm. He was the beloved local doctor. Many people speculated on his connections with important people that allowed his clinic to remain open and perform illegal things. Hmm. However, in 1964, a woman who saw Dr. Hicks for an abortion reported him to the right or wrong person, however you want to look at it. And Dr. Hicks was actually indicted for performing illegal abortions. Oh, okay. In order to avoid prosecution, Dr. Hicks surrendered his medical license and retired, and the Hicks Clinic closed its doors. Mm. Dr. Hicks went on to enjoy his retirement and lived a long life. He eventually passed away in 1972 of leukemia at the age of 83. Oh, wow. Okay. The end. No, it's not. You told me this was <laughs> awful. Just joking. <laughs> Okay, so it wasn't until 1997, 25 oh. years after Dr. Hicks's death, that his actual crimes, I know illegal abortions are crimes, but these big crimes would come to light and be made public. Okay. A woman by the name of Jane Blasio started looking into information about her adoption. She and her sister had both been adopted and grew up in Akron, Ohio. Not together. They were not adopted together, but they were just both adopted. When Jane was young, she found a baby book that had a date on it that was different than her own birth date. 
So she questioned her parents and was told that she had actually been adopted and that the date that she saw in her baby book was the date of her adoption. Ah, So her birth certificate listed a different date. This baby book had another date. She was like, why is there more than one date? Mm -hmm. Like, what does this mean? So her parents told her the truth. They told her that she had been adopted from a clinic in McKaysville, Georgia, which was over a 24-hour drive away from their home. Mm -hmm. Over the years, as Jane got older, she asked more and more questions about her adoption and her parents began telling her like little by little about the strange circumstances that surrounded her adoption. Hmm. Her parents said that in 1964, after being on a wait list, they drove down to the Hicks Clinic in McKaysville, Georgia, because they got a call that they had a baby girl for them to adopt. They were instructed to drive around to the back of the clinic in an alley. Jane's dad approached the door and paid $1,000 cash, which would be $11,000 in today's money. Okay. He was given a birth certificate that listed them as the birth parents. Mm -hmm. And then Jane was handed to them out of the back window of the clinic. Like a little sketchy. Almost like a drive up. So my next sentence, Jane's mother knew immediately that things were off. Also, Jane was very small. She was only around four pounds. Mm -hmm. And she was wrapped in a blanket and was still covered in dried blood from her (gasps) birth. And how old was she? Like, they don't know. Well, but she had a birth certificate with... Just well, they date? were told that she was like two days old, I think, at that point or something like that. But nobody really knows when she was born. Mm. Her parents were actually afraid that she wasn't going to make it on their drive home. Remember their 24-hour right. drive from home because she was so tiny and she seemed very sickly. But they were afraid to go to a hospital because they knew that showing up with a baby with no paperwork or documentation would be quite the red flag. Mm -hmm. And Jane's adoptive mom clearly had not given birth just then. So they just kind of were like praying the whole way home, hoping she would survive. Thankfully she did. Well, and I would imagine that because she had this feeling that something sketchy was going on, she also didn't want to go back to where and like put her in danger too as a baby, like by saying, something's going on, here you go, take her back. Like, And I mean, sure, you can understand, like, all of us can understand the, when you have a desire to become a parent and somebody hands you a baby, that's your baby. I mean, you know, that's the baby God has chosen for you to parent. You're not giving any that baby back, no matter what. And you wouldn't want to put anything in jeopardy. So like, the times. Well, and especially if I felt like they were going to be in danger, if I was like, wait a minute, this isn't right. But Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a whole, it's a, it's a, it's, yeah. it's a terrible situation that these people were put mm-hmm. in, period. So when Jane's adoptive mom passed away in 1988, Jane began to dig more deeper into what she felt like at that point seemed like an illegal adoption. Right. So I, I'm sure it was like a respect thing, maybe for her mom. Her mom was like, you had to understand my position. Please just let it go. You know, I love you. You're my daughter. Right. At the age of 23, Jane found her birth certificate and she saw the name of the clinic that she had been born in. She traveled down to McKaysville, Georgia to find out what had really been going on at the Hicks Clinic. 
As she started to ask around the town, she quickly learned that no one in McKaysville wanted to discuss Dr. Hicks or his clinic, especially when it came to older members of the community who were around at that time. Hmm. So like the police chief from that time was like, let it, let it lie, lady. The mayor from that time, not answering questions. Hmm. Eventually, Jane got help from a probate attorney and a judge in McKaysville and began learning the truth about an illegal black market adoption ring. Mm -hmm. So records showed that an unusual number of women visited the clinic during the 1950s and 60s. M many of them were from out of state. Okay. County birth records confirm the possibility that hundreds of births occurred during that time and were adopted out of state. As much as possibly 200 between 1950 and 1965. Wow. Okay. Jane went public with this story. And when it broke newspapers, many people began coming forward that had birth certificates that listed the place of their birth as the Hicks Clinic in McKaysville during the 1950s and 60s. So she goes to the news with this information. They blasted out like articles, black market baby doc dealer, and people who were adopted in that area started coming forward to Jane and saying, oh my gosh, I might be one of these babies. So basically... Dr. Hicks would advertise abortions, okay? Okay. When some women would come in to have one performed, he would convince some of them to keep their babies and would even house some of them in, like, his properties that he owned okay. in McKaysville until he was ready to take their baby. He would then adopt the babies out off the books, so during that time, adoption requirements were very strict. Mm -hmm. So adoptive parents were required to own their own home, be totally debt-free, and have a certain amount of money in the bank. Wow. So, right, which would really take a lot of people out of <laughs> the running. Well, yeah, but I mean, honestly, like you – Probably should. Maybe the owning your own house thing. Being totally like, debt-free. But like, totally, yes. Totally debt-free. Yeah. I mean, yes. No, it's it's weird, but I don't know. I'm not surprised by that time. But anyway. I mean, most people go into debt in the adoption process. Mm, yes. So the rumor of Dr. Hicks having no vetting procedures whatsoever was appealing to some couples that longed to be parents but didn't meet the criteria. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, many of the expecting women were very young and had gotten pregnant by prominent men or by relationships that they did not want known. And adopting their babies out was a way for them to avoid a scandal or bringing dishonor to their family or, you know, whatever. Hmm. The okay. Some people still sought treatment at the Hicks Clinic for like regular pregnancies. He was the doctor in town. Mm -hmm. And so if you were pregnant and you did want to have the baby, you would go and you would see him. This is where it gets crazy. Okay. In some of those cases, women had their babies but were drugged and later told that their babies had been stillborn mm -mm. or died after birth 
when in reality, those babies had just been illegally sold. Oh my gosh. How bad is that? That's terrible. That's – the whole thing is unthinkable, but like cannot even. Some of the women who went in for abortions were told that an abortion was performed but later found out that they were actually just drugged and induced and their babies were born and sold. So some of these children are probably for sure like preemie, like Mm -hmm. was it Jane? Jane? Yep. I'm sorry. Like she must've been a preemie then and Mm -hmm. was born way too early because he induced her. Oh my gosh. Yep. And we will get to that too where I talk more about that. So as people come forward – Now, we have all these people coming forward saying they were born at the Hicks Clinic. Could they be one of these babies that was illegally adopted? A group of people, so headed by Jane, Mm -hmm. began helping them search for like the truth of what happened. Because the adoptive parents were listed as the birth parents on the birth certificates, there were no records of any of like their real birth dates they don't really know or who their birth parents actually were. Mm Mm-hmm. So a registry was created for possible Hicks babies who wanted to locate their birth families and like the truth about their adoptions, what really happened. So they provided their DNA and Ancestry.com and ABC News partnered together and have actually been assisting and helping to locate the birth families. Like they're still doing this now. Good for them. Um, adoptive parents, birth families, and adoptees can also provide what they think was their birth date and their gender and enter themselves into a database along with their DNA if they choose so that, you know, other people can go in and be like, oh my gosh, that might be my baby or this might be my birth parent. As of 2023, 50 of the possible 200 Hicks babies have been identified And about 15 of those have located birth relatives. So still a very small percentage. Yeah. And do any of them know if they were like part of, I mean, it's all terrible, but like some clearly went in to do an adoption. Some of these moms. Do any of them know if they were like a parent who was told their kid was stillborn? Yes. I will get to their stories. Okay. Seven birth mothers have come forward to explain the truth about what really happened. Several more have been located, but have refused to talk about their time Mm. at the Hicks Clinic. So these individual stories are what you will see if you watch the documentary that I will mention later. Their stories are very harrowing. There's a lot of them. So I just want to talk to you about a few. Okay. So we have Mm -hmm. Jane's story, which you already know. Mm Mm-hmm. One woman was sold for $1,000 in 1962. Her parents had been on the adoptive list for about six months when they got a phone call that they had a baby girl. They were instructed to drive to the back of the clinic and get their baby at the window. Her adoptive mother was told that she was connected to a prominent man in the community and that she was being adopted out to avoid a political scandal. This woman later found out that her biological father had been the mayor in town. Ah, no wonder the mayor didn't want to talk. Yep. One other man discovered that his biological uncle had been the police chief Mm. during his time of birth. So no wonder Dr. Hicks was getting away with this. So Mm -hmm. people knew what he was doing, abortions Mm -hmm. and illegal adoptions. 
One gentleman was able to locate a birth sister after searching for almost 50 years. So he was one that was helped by the Mm Ancestry.com and ABC News assistants. He learned that he was born as a twin and that his birth mother was told that both of her babies had been stillborn at birth and were buried in unmarked graves in a local cemetery. His biological mom had never intended to place him or his Mm. twin brother for adoption and said that she remembers being in a twilight state and hearing babies crying, but was told that she was wrong because her babies were dead. Oh my gosh. She actually died thinking that she had lost two Mm. babies, having no idea that they were both alive. And he has not found his twin brother. Oh my gosh. Can you even imagine? No. No. So he did meet his sister, Mm -hmm. his half-sister, biological half-sister, and was able to learn all of this information about his birth family and that he was wanted the entire time. Like, he was adopted out to, like, a very uh, unfriendly family who were very, like, abusive and terrible, and he didn't have the greatest life. And so for him to find out that his biological mom had never even wanted to place him. Right. I mean, like, that's just – that's literally insane. So there was a large amount of Hicks babies that were born underweight – Like you were mentioning earlier, they were born at like three to five pounds, a large Mm -hmm. amount of them. Some birth moms came forward to report that they had either been induced weeks before their due date because someone wanted a baby or that they were told their babies had been aborted when they were really sold to adoptive parents. One woman who was only four pounds when she was given to her adoptive parents did almost die in the car on their way home to Michigan. The adoptive parents were told by Dr. Hicks that if she died, they would just be given the next baby in line. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Just give us a call. Sadly, there is no way to know how many babies actually did die in the clinic because of Dr. Hicks's practices because there is no paperwork. Jeez. So, interestingly, Dr. Hicks owned a mausoleum in Copper Hill, Tennessee. Okay. This mausoleum included four crypts, so four spots where caskets could go. Mm-hmm. However, Dr. Hicks and his wife were buried in plots beside the mausoleum. So he owned this big mausoleum with four crypts, but didn't use it and was what? buried beside it. Who's in it? Well, it was rumored that the crypts could have possibly been used for deceased babies and or mothers. Or that it might include paperwork and birth records from the clinic that he had just wanted to hide that would shed light into the adoption ring. Okay. So in 2018, somebody in the family, I think it was Dr. Hicks's granddaughter, opened up the mausoleum. They had to like literally break in. All four crypts were empty except one. In that one, they found a search warrant from the local police department that was dated 1997. So when all this news broke and it was inside one of the crypts. How did it get there? Well, someone had been in there. Someone had been in those crypts. He's already dead, right? Uh Uh-huh. He died in 1972. Right. And whoever was in there, whatever they found, they took with them. (gasps) Oh. 
What? Yes. Corruption at its finest. So even, so, okay, are you trying to tell me that the police department that served that search warrant went in there and took everything? Somebody did. If there was anything to take. Well, it is a search warrant. Yeah. And it's interesting that there was a search warrant issued after it all, all this news broke in 1997 and it's dated 1997. Oh my word. Mm-hmm. It was also rumored that possibly Dr. Hicks himself had fathered some of the children that mm-hmm. he illegally adopted out in order to not get caught. Apparently he was known to step out on his wife. Mm. In 2019, this is in the documentary and it is bananas, Dr. Hicks's granddaughter, so one of his last remaining relatives, had her father's body exhumed. So this would be Dr. Hicks's son. Okay. They used his remains, part of it, to take DNA samples. And through those DNA samples, they were able to find at least one illegitimate child of Dr. Hicks's that he had illegally sold. To adoptive parents. It is thought and suspected that there are more. They just well, have, they just don't yeah. have their DNA to compare them against. Zero chance that that man did it one something one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over the course of, what, 20 years or something. Yeah. Okay. So the four-part documentary is a TLC documentary about the Hicks babies and the clinic. It is called Taken at Birth. It is very sad to hear the stories of the adoptive children who were illegally sold and the truths about their lives and their pasts were like completely stolen from them. Mm -hmm. Many of them will never know the answers to questions about where they came from or if their birth parents even still knew that they were alive. Right. So Jane, the lady who is like credited for exposing the truth about the Hicks babies, actually wrote a book about her story. So it's also called Taken at Birth. Jane is the last known Hicks baby to have been illegally adopted. Oh, okay. So there might be more after her. They just haven't come forward. Mm-hmm. We don't know about them. So I did read some excerpts of her book, but I didn't read the whole thing because it was mostly about like her upbringing and her personal adoption story and her journey. I think it would be very interesting to read. I wouldn't mind reading it, but – I I mean, as far as information about the case, it was just mostly about her personally. So I think it just would have been redundant. Um, Sadly, there are still many Hicks babies that are still searching for their birth families. Many have found their birth families, but people had already died. So they couldn't Mm -hmm. get answers about what their stories were. Did they intend to place them for adoption? You know, had they been wondering this whole time where they were? Did they not know they were alive? Some Hicks babies still don't even know that they were illegally adopted by the clinic. And Dr. Hicks passed away 25 years before any of this came to light. So he was never and will never be punished for his crimes that had lasting impacts on literally generations. Right. Like still generations are being affected by what he did and like the awful things that he did to these families. So he was indicted for the illegal abortions, right. remember, which caused him to have to surrender his license, but never for the black market, like, adoption ring. Also, many people that helped him get away with his crimes are dead. So nurses, mm-hmm. lawyers, 
his secretary who signed the falsified documents, law enforcement politicians, possibly even his own wife. Mm -hmm. No one can or will be brought to justice for their crimes against these people, and it is so frustrating and sad. Also, one last thing. No more. I know. This is is wild, too. Dr. Hicks's son-in-law, who was also a doctor, had a clinic in Chattanooga, Tennessee. There is at least one person who was born and adopted out of the Chattanooga, Tennessee clinic, but their place of birth is listed as the Hicks Clinic in McKaysville. So some people believe that there may have been a whole nother illegal adoption ring out of that Tennessee clinic. Oh my And there word. may be even more people who were victimized by Dr. Hicks and his family, possibly. That's a whole nother rabbit hole you can go down if you want to. I started down it and then was like, nay, nay, I need to rein myself in because this is a lot. Oh my gosh. So he essentially was like a human trafficker. Uh, 100%. 100%. And that is the case of the Hicks babies. That makes me sick to my stomach. I know. It yeah. is, like I said, it's a, it's not a murder. No. I mean, I do think there were people that were murdered. Well, babies. yeah, there's and definitely babies that have died during 100%. that. hundred percent. And probably uh, moms too, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, oh, even yeah. abortions back then were very dangerous and risky, mm-hmm. so we don't know. There is no way to know the grand scope of everything that this man did. This is just scratching the surface, I, I feel right. like. Right. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I know. Yep. I mean, thank Casey. Casey with a K. Yeah, Casey. What a doozy. Great. Yeah, that's a rough speechless. case. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez. I mean, glad that Jane brought things to light and like, mm-hmm. but. She's a powerhouse, let me tell you. Yes, she is a powerhouse. And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it needed to be brought to light, but geez, it's like, I'm sure has also like, there's people that are like hurting now too that. Like, and they won't ever get answers. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. they know something was up, but they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, I kind of have to move on. Yeah. I'm not so, figure it out. I don't think, and gosh, I'm so sorry if I'm wrong about this, but I don't think that Jane has ever found her biological fam- parents. Mm. Either one. So, I think she is still searching. Gosh. Yeah. And she was like, well, they think the last one. Yeah. She's the last one that they know of. Right. The one who was the twin and his mom was told that they were stillborn, mm-hmm. he is the first known one. Oh. So that's how they get their uh, date range, 1950 to 1965, because he believes he was born in 1950 and Jane believes she was born in 1965. Got it. So they're kind of like the bookends, the known bookends. Right. Right. Yeah. There could have been others before that. Right. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Ooh, man, I really hope he finds his twin. I know. How how would he do that unless the twin comes forward? Right. Or like the twin throws DNA in some system. Well, and you have to think too, if he was born in 1950, like he's 73 at this point, there's possibility his twin's no longer living. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Hmm. 
I'm telling you the the and even like Dr. Hicks's granddaughter who exhumes her father, mm-hmm. she is so affected by this, like this being her family, and she bless her heart is like I will do whatever I can to get answers for these people and like try to right at least some of these wrongs that yeah. my family did, and she went to some serious extremes. She was adopted too. Oh, she was? Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'm so stuck on this when she opened the mausoleum that there was a search warrant in there. Yeah, I mean, I think that the wooded- news broke and they were like, oh, crap, we got to get in there. Let's do a search warrant so somebody will legally let us in because we're not family. And they took out whatever needed to be taken out whatever it was right but who let them in i think they probably i don't know because well i guess can you just go in there like if you're a cop and you have a search warrant yeah you don't have to inform the family that you did it i don't know i feel like that's something that's gone i know but there's family yeah (laughs) Well, I'm just going to put this out there that I don't think these guys are rule followers. No, I know. (laughs) Clearly, it could have been one of the the people who, you know, like the the police officer that had an illegitimate kid, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know, it could have been one of those people at that time, I guess, that may have been still alive or had somebody in the force that they still knew. that Would have been implicated at some point had information come to light, whatever was in there. Okay, but <laughs> sorry, I now keep going. Like, okay, but if they executed this search warrant, isn't there a record that the search warrant was executed and where the stuff that they took out would have been? There was not. There was but only there the be. search. Well, yes, there should be. This is t- bonkers, bull, cocky, and dumb. P.S. <laughs> that happened in 1997. That right. wasn't a long time ago. Like no. we had good police, better, let's hope, police practices then. Not in McKaysville, Georgia. <laughs> well, the mausoleum was in Tennessee, in all fairness. But I, I, McKaysville, yes. <laughs> Tennessee. No. <laughs> Copper Hill, Tennessee, but that's okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> McKaysville, Georgia is where the clinic is. This mausoleum was just across the state line. I'm sure it was the McKaysville people that right. shifty shady their way in there, but hmm, not happy about this. No, it's a terrible case. It's super sad. It's a whole rabbit hole with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of victims, family Gosh. members, children, parents, adopted parents, biological parents, all the things. Did Casey say how she knew about it? She lived in I Georgia believe or something. She lives in the area. Okay. And I, yes. And I think she watched the documentary. Okay, yeah. Yeah, clearly. Like somebody who watched the documentary or Mm -hmm. may be from that area and it's just like, well, when you're from a small town like that and something like that's happening, like local people know Mm -hmm. about what's happening. Yeah. But (sighs) yeah, I don't know if she lives like in McKaysville. Right. No, I know. She lives in Georgia or something. When you're close enough to the area, you you know things that have happened in little Mm -hmm. towns close by. But right. Oh, well, I am glad you got that one. Mm-hmm. I know. 
I know. I said that the whole time. I mean, if you're in a headspace and you feel like you want to watch the documentary, it's very interesting. Um, the whole examination of the body is like one whole episode of it. It's like an, a full hour of just the body being exhumed and like that process. And that is hmm. something, let me tell you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like, so just interesting wise, uh, outside of the uh, illegal adoption thing, that was interesting and mm -hmm. quite disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'd been buried for over 40 years, this this man. So, Oh, did they like record the exhumation? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like one whole episode of this four-part documentary. I kid you not. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll <laughs> – one day, maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> Taken at birth, huh? Mm-hmm. TLC. Okay. Okay. Gotta watch okay. commercials. Just wanted to warn you because it, it says an hour and 23 minutes. It's actually going to take you that long to watch right. one of the episodes. Okay. So it was a labor of love. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for diving into that and You're welcome. getting that out there. And Yeah. I hope more people figure things out, but like you mm -hmm. said, like we're you're so many years removed that most people are probably gone. Yeah, it's like a race for time. They talk about that a lot in the documentary. Yeah. How it's like every day that goes by could be the day that the person who has the answers passes away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's one thing to like one day find out your birth family like lineage because somebody in the family throws dna in there but they're not going to know anything about your specific mm -hmm. like your story yeah your mm -hmm. story yeah so gosh but and i think so many of these women too like they go in to have you know an abortion or they put place their baby for adoption because they don't want people to know that they were having mm -hmm. a baby. And so they're not going to tell future children or mm -hmm. future spouses. I mean, that's just some, in some cases, it's their secret. So mm -hmm. if you don't find that biological mom, mm -hmm. you, you may never know. Right. Jeez. Huh. Well, thanks, Casey, for bringing that to our attention, too. Thanks, Casey. What a doozy. Yeah. Happy Freaking Monday. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> she is not know. okay, guys. No, I'm not. I'm sitting into space. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I couldn't yeah. even imagine like not being able to like I mean, I don't have all the answers for even my kids. Mhm. Mm and it bothers the crap out of me. Yep. Like I couldn't even imagine it being like this being their story and never having the option. No, to find the answers either. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Anyway. So sad. Yep. It was well, a POS. Yes. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yep. 100%. Um, well, people, <laughs> let us know what you think as always. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I am floored by all of it and Hicks forever ruins that name for me. Mm-hmm. Hicks. I don't blame you. Spit on your grave. Oh, no. <laughs> She's really mad. Beth doesn't like that because now the spirit's coming after me. Seriously. He does illegal things. Let's kids. I don't care. Let him come. Sage enough. You can't Let sage enough. No, my gosh. Stop. Strap him somewhere. Interrogate him. Right ass. now. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Um, thanks for for um going into that and your your 
oh, deep dive into that documentary, which I probably will at some point in my life watch that because I okay. will just the curiosity will get the better of me anyway. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's, it's very well done. Good. Okay. All right. Well, you guys can come find us on social media. I don't know what you're going to have to post on this, but yeah, <laughs> um, find us on social media for other things and let us know what you think and come find us over on the Patreon. We have um, lots of episodes out there that you can binge if you've never been a member before. You know, some people become members and then they leave and then they come back. And so they're not paying $3 every single month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just throwing ideas out there for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there's lots of episodes over there for you to enjoy. Lots. And um, I was combing through it the other day. There's a lot. I know. Yeah. Just, I mean, we have a lot of regular episodes too. Yeah. So like, I don't know. How many hundreds do we have? Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Hundred, okay, we'll probably close to 200 or more. It's got to be. Got to be. Anyway, doing this a long time. We're professionals now. <laughs> <laughs> we just recently started telling people we were podcasters. It only took yeah. four years. I know. What do you do for a living, podcaster? Yeah, I am. Yep. That's what I do literally what I do. I'm a mom and a podcaster. Yep. (laughs) Um, Anyways, come check us out in all of the the places. And then just always remember the world is scary. People suck, especially Dr. Hicks. Hide in your closet.